So from one WHL defenseman to another one, we've talked about Owen Pickering, and now we're going to talk about Kevin Korczynski and why he could be a better fit for the Blue Jackets than Pickering, all coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you yet more prospect profiles as the draft just keeps on creeping on up. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube. So, uh... If you're not watching on YouTube, then maybe you uh, maybe you should be, and there may be a small dog cameo in this episode. Who knows? Um, today, we're going to be talking about Kevin Korczynski. I, uh, we are continuing our prospect profiles today uh, with Kevin Korczynski. I spoke to WHL scout Joel Henderson. He works with FC Hockey and Puck Preps, and uh, he had lots of really cool things to say about Kevin Korczynski, so uh, I'll just get right on into it. So we've looked at some players from Russia, we've looked at some players from the OHL, we've looked at players from the NCAA, uh, so I thought let's go across and look at maybe a couple more guys from the WHL. And uh, I have got WHL scout Joel Henderson here to uh, talk about a couple of guys that uh, I am super interested in, super excited by, and uh, one guy that I think is going to be kind of a, a sleeper hit in the in the draft, but uh, let's... Let's start off with Kevin Korczynski, Joel. Uh, what can you what can you tell me about Korczynski as a player? Uh, so Kevin Korczynski is uh, he's a terrific two way guy that leads way more on risky style of offense. Um, his best available traits are the power that he gets in like, each individual stride, which means that um, if he can put a few strides together with power, he can get going very quickly and cover a lot of ground. Uh, which means that his turns are powerful, his skating's powerful, his adjustments are powerful. It's just that's kind of the way that he moves. And uh, and then he's a guy with very, very, very good puck control. And so he can he he will kind of try to strategically break down his outlets and break down his passing angles uh, in order to bank pass off the boards to a stick, in order to slip pass through feet. Like he tries a lot of really, really fun, risky things that most guys don't try because they don't really see them as an option. But he kind of breaks down defensive coverage, which means that when uh, when everything's working for him and everything's really well, he's a powerful skater moving up the, to jump up the rush. Uh, he can really step in to shoot with power from the blue line. Um, he can transition very effectively to his to his centerman and to his winger for outlets. And, uh, and he's someone who can really get um, play moving very well in the opposite direction. On paper, I feel like he seems like a really good choice for Columbus specifically because they love that kind of transition defenseman, the guy that you know can put up points. Uh, you know, we love we love Rovers here in Columbus. I mean, with what is it, sixty? Yeah, sixty-five points in sixty-seven games for Seattle this season. Uh, he got nineteen points in the playoffs so far. Like that seems. He seems like the ideal the ideal pick for Columbus. 
Yeah, as far as as far as defensemen, I think in this class in this group, um, Kevin is once again because of his strong slap shot, um, his size. You know the fact that he's got good size and good power. Um, a few there's a few elements of his that some of the other defensemen don't necessarily have. Um, the fluidity of his glide, the power that he gets in his skating, and then just he's got a, he's a very smart player. So it's his uh, high hockey IQ in his mind too. So there's a few um, kind of elements in that that really kind of set him apart that uh, you don't look at him and you see him as a finished product. There's some things that he really has to work on, some things that he can kind of continue to develop. But the things that he does do well, they're translatable. You know, he has that booming shot from the back end. He does have that smart outlet pat, uh, pass. You can rely on him, um, you know, from defensive zone and coverage. He does lean well and, like, plays heavy on, along the boards in the defensive zone too. So there's there's some, you know, there's some uh, – It's he's not an all-put-together player, but what is there is – uh, desirable and moldable, I think. Yeah, it kind of goes back to it. I think we talked about this um, last time we spoke about uh, Connor Geeky, I think we were talking about. It's would you rather have a finished product that you know what you're going to get, or would you rather have a kid that you can look at and be like, right, I can see potential mm-hmm. here. Let's draft him. Let's work with him. You know, it's very much do you, do you want the sure thing or do you want the high risk, high reward? And Korczynski to me seems kind of like a more like a high risk, high reward yeah. player. Yeah, I would say he's a you know I think I would say he's a medium risk high reward. Like I think yeah. he's a guy that, um, like I've always just kind of projected him in this class to be, um, to be a second pairing guy, um, that could step in on a top power play if needed. But like if he's playing on your second pairing and second power play, I think you're, I think you you have a good team. Like I think he's going to be kind of one of those guys. Um, He's just he's big and strong and powerful and smart and uh, and he's the kind of guy that I would I would particularly want to go after and I think actually in this draft I think it's gonna actually gonna the unique thing to me in particular is there's a few teams in a row that I could absolutely see wanting him like wanting him out of the players in this class and so Columbus being one of them I think that that would fit if they were you know if they were to to want him in that spot um, but also like I think you know I I think that. Um, Anaheim at 10 and and uh, the Sharks at 11 like that, those three teams in particular it just makes sense to me a little bit um, you know if not beyond that I think he, he could you know potentially slip a little bit but I don't know I just think those are three teams in particular that go I like that fit um, so if one doesn't take them I think the other one if they if they're trying to target him they might go like phew like we were happy yeah, I know. Particularly talking to uh, JD of of Locked On Sharks is uh, he's a big, big fan of Kuczynski, Um and he's one of those guys that they kind of have him hoping that he falls to eleven. Um, and obviously, the Blue Jackets are going to be drafting right after that at twelve. Um, he, I feel like, is one of those players that's kind of, and this is something that I've been talking about a lot with a lot of different prospect guys, is that this draft is really friggin' weird. You know, mm-hmm. like there's the top five guys, and then beyond that, I'm like, there's like 20 guys that you could pick at sixth, and there's 20 guys that you could pick at 26. And I don't know that there's a wrong answer there. Coming up in a minute, I've got more of my talk about Korczynski with Joel. But first, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. With ever increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. 
Why would you endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Wait while the person behind the part the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing the on-run at their warehouse happens to carry your computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So just stay on the couch. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts for a chain, door, chain store or car dealership? For example, uh, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 for a chain store. From Rock Auto, it is only 216 Like, that sounds like an easy choice to me, personally. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been selling DIYers for over 20 years. And no matter who you are, their prices are reliably low. They've got everything from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even things like new carpet. You can put it on in your car or truck. RockAuto.com probably stocks it. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. We're going to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available with your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? They know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. He is ranked anywhere from like 7th all the way up to 42nd. Like there's a massive, massive jump there. Um, So kind of is that, obviously that's a, a wide, a wide margin, but do you kind of see him? in that kind of, let's say, 10 to 15 range? Is that where you would draft him? Do you think he could, a team could take a bet on him slightly earlier? Do you think he falls later? Like, where? what do you think his his draft stock is going to be like? Uh, I think the last ranking that I put out, I, I had Korczynski in the 12 to 15, I think, is where I had him. Um, but this is me, once again, like, I, I put an asterisk on that because I don't know... I put I don't know the entirety of the draft class super well. I've seen the majority of the players that will probably be first round picks, um, but you know some of them I've only seen maybe play a couple of times. And so with with Kevin, you know, the amount of scrutiny that I go in just to rank the WHL guys is just an, an insane amount for a person. Um, so you know, throw in all those other players, and it's just like it makes how I came about that twelve to fifteen range is if I were to include Kevin in last year's um, class. And so that was kind of how I got to it, which is just like, I think he's in the 12 to 15 range. I've had some people say that they, you know, they wouldn't take him until 18. And I've had some people say that they would take him as high as, you know, six or seven, depending. And so once again, it speaks to your point that you said before, is just like, there's going to be a lot of opinions about this class. There's going to be a few surprises. And, um, the one thing that I've learned about drafts too is just like you take the commodities when you can get them. And so in this class, there might be some there might be some guys that fall into the second and third round, some really, really smart um, you know, offensive defensemen that that um that have upside and stuff, but they're maybe five ten, five eleven, you know, 165. Like Kevin is one of those guys that just projects with his size already and his strength. And, um, and I've seen him at other levels, like, you know, below this too. Some people like will question, you know, can he really do this, this thing very well? Like, can he, can he play a more physical brand of hockey in front of the net? Can he, can he play more gap control risk aversion type hockey? And I've seen him do it. So it's, it's some of those worries that some other people have. I don't necessarily have as much. Um, I just think it's something that you iron out when he turns pro and you go like, Hey, you know, um, this is the kind of boat that passes when I make, here's the structure of our system. Here's how we're going to move pucks. And he's just, he's one of those guys. I think it's smart enough to go. Okay, cool. Like, I think he gets it. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we talked quite a lot about like his strengths, what he brings to the team. What do you think are kind of the, and we talked a little bit about this, like he gets drafted to the blue jacket. He gets to training camp. What do you think are the things that they kind of look at and are like, right, 
go away, go back to um, Seattle for a year, work on this, this, and this, and then come back next year and we'll see kind of how you how you are. What do you think his biggest like obstacle is to being NHL ready? Um, I would say that the um, so the way that he skates, it's very particular. Um, so like I said, so the way that he skates is he builds power and then uses that power. And so his, he doesn't necessarily, he's not the quickest fleet of foot crossover guy. So it's not just constantly about keeping his, his feet moving. He doesn't go that way. He, he moves with power. And so when he puts a few strides together, then he, um, then he really shifts his weight well, anticipates play well, and he evades with that. And so if you want to come at him, he'll use the power of his stride and kind of push on the inside edges, or he'll cut back in order to kind of make a D to D pass or things like that. He uses the power that he gets. And so the biggest thing for me would just be to work on his acceleration, to work on the quickness in his first few strides, to be able to, and then just work on um, just to make him more of just not a total well-rounded athletic guy. It would just be his feet for me. It would just be like work on the agility of the feet, work on the agility of the crossovers, work on the quickness of the feet because he's got great power and we already know he can build power. But, you know, at the NHL level, when there's guys that just they they purposely will use guys with longer strides to get them to bait them and then, you know, kind of turn them inside out. They can kind of do that on the blue lines and stuff. So but at the same time, I think there's a lot of guys that that skate similar, closely similar to what Kevin does at the NHL level, too. So I work on the agility of the feet. Um, I would work on just a little bit more of the passing routing stuff and then, um, and then just work on, for me, it would be, if, if I was working with him, it would for, be for me to try to understand if he is doing the things that he's doing tactically, which I think he is, and I bet that he is, or if he's doing a thing out of just like pure habit, because there's some people that think he, you know, he shoots too, uh, he shoots in the wrong situations or he does certain things, but I don't think so. I just think it's the way that Seattle runs their offense. So um, it's just the particulars of that, but I just think he, I think he's a guy that just continues to work on the things that he works on. And Seattle next year is going to lose two of their top playmakers in uh, Henrik Rybenski and Lucas Fikowski. And so the team's going to be built a bit different. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle really tries to like get Korczynski to really push up the tempo even more than he is. Yeah, for sure. He, um, he's a really intriguing player. I have kind of, so we've been doing like a mock draft for the for the locked on like one mm. to sixteen, I think we did, and he was the guy that I definitely had my eye on for that twelfth twelfth overall spot. But I feel like there's a maybe, like I said, I think there's probably eight or nine guys that could go there. I feel like every single GM has a different draft board for for players, mm. so it's really difficult. It's getting to like it's getting really difficult to predict once you get past maybe like eight what's going to happen because it could be one of so many different guys um i do want to talk a little bit about now since we're talking about the uh the thunderbirds um you mentioned you know teammates and stuff obviously um oh my god i've just gone completely blank on his name samuel um obviously samuel canasco oh yeah yeah plays for seattle so i was i was wondering if we could do just a quick a quick check-in on uh on him again very uh very, very different to Kochinski, I think. Yeah. A very fun player to watch. Yeah. Blue Jackets prospects. So if you give us a quick, just a quick check in on uh, on Kanazko. Sure, he's been. I think he's been particularly good in the playoffs. He's one of those guys that's just. A, he's a really calming presence when he's on the ice. Um, you know, he never really rushes things. He never really rushes his decisions. He can. He sees pressure coming. He can evade it, both with his stick and his feet. He's got the size. He's got. 
you know, the diligence. There's a lot of things that he just, he's a, such a well-rounded player and smart that he controls tempo and he settles the play down. And especially for Seattle, who has a couple of more, you know, uh, like Korczynski and uh, and Jeremy Hansel, sometimes like they'll they'll take a bit of that risk. Um, Kanazko is one of those players that just kind of settles down for the rest of them. And so he plays uh, in those zones. He doesn't take any poor penalties. He just, yeah, he's one of those guys that I think he's fit in really well with that roster uh, to the point where like, I think they would be hurting if they didn't have him. Um, I, I just like I like his play a lot. Every time you every time you watch him play, um, he'll do a couple of things when you just go nice, smart, and uh, that's kind of just yeah. That's how I feel about him in general. Nice, smart. Yeah, yeah I feel like I've I've watched again. I've watched bits and pieces of the of the Thunderbirds play this season, kind of when I can because the, I can only pay attention to so many leagues at once, you know. But I try to I try to check in with my guys when I can. But I feel like whenever he's on the ice, I'm like it'll be fine you know i don't worry when he's on the ice in the same way that like even yeah. some of the nhl guys that i watch I, like if they get on the ice i'm like oh you know but i feel like he's just a really like you said just a really calming presence and i'm never worried in a minute i've got the end of my conversation about kochinski with joel but first i want to tell you about betonline.net it is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information you can find the latest sports developments news and odds including this year's basketball championship matchup the nhl uh, hockey Stanley cup final major league baseball and of course all the latest fighting news from mma and ufc all the way through to boxing the uh the Stanley cup final starts tonight so if you want to put some money on whether Colorado is going to win, or Tampa is going to win, or who's going to score the first goal, or who's going to score the, more, the most goals, or who's going to win the Conn Smythe. BetOnline.net has you covered for all of those and more. They are your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including life betting, esports, and more. Head to website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Well, I, 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 uh, because of their long playoff run and because of some of the particular guys on their team, like, you know, they have Korczynski and they have, uh, and they have about two or three more guys who like might be drafted off that team too. And so, you know, I would assume that the three of them at least, and then kind of go from there, but they, they've got a ton of draft eligibles. Um, so they're still kind of a little younger as a team. And then, the, and then getting like having Hendrik Rybinski and I was a big fan of him. And so when Hendrik, um, when Hendrick didn't get signed for his entry level and got put back in and then got signed to someone else, I was like, yeah, because Hendrick was someone that I kind of championed before and Lucas Fakovsky was someone that I was a big fan of. And so it was just the, the totality of this team is just a lot of storylines that really draw me in naturally. Um, guys where people go, you know, because Korczynski for a long time was, a, was everyone thought was an end of the second round pick. And I was like, no, he's better than that. And so I kind of had to, you know, I felt like I, I was saying his name more than than uh, most, just to be like kind of reminding people, like, no, you should pay attention to this guy. And uh, and then there's some other guys too where um, it just ended up being that story. So like, in Canasco is one of them where you just you can't help but cheer for them. Um, so I, I put out a thing earlier, which was like when them and Edmonton got into the last finals, it was, uh, um, or when they got into the finals here, it was just like people were like, who do you think was is going to win? And I was like, it's probably going to be Edmonton in six. Like that's what my head says. But my heart says Seattle and stuff. <laughs> so, like, we'll see. Yeah, it's been, again, I haven't watched a ton of it. It's been a fun, what I have watched, it's been a fun, a pretty fun series to watch. Um, yeah. Kind of just circling back to to Korczynski to, to finish off. Um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Could you see him on the Blue Jackets? Like, is that a team where you think, hey, he could... 
he could really succeed. Uh, we yeah. talked about, you know, he could he could very well go at 12th. And if he does, like, what? Like, how do you feel about that in terms of where he's going to end up? So um, so I guess, like, I'm going to ask for some help from this. How do you see the, the Columbus Blue Line shaping up in the next three years? Like, what are kind of big pieces that they're building there? Yeah, um, it's weird because we're in kind of a, like, a transitional stage. Obviously, we just lost Seth Jones. Yep. Uh, replaced him with two young quite good defensemen, I think. Jake Bean yeah. and Adam Boquist are really kind of coming into their own. Uh, obviously, Zach Rennes is going to be there for the long haul. Um, and then we've got Vaslav Gavrikov, who is our only defensive defenseman. Uh, everyone else just likes to score goals. And beyond that, like, I think it's... Like, maybe one of those guys doesn't pan out. Maybe there's a spot in the top four for a guy like Kuczynski, but they're in a weird transition team. And I feel like yeah. Kuczynski is a guy that you want to be patient with as well. I don't you know, know if you want to rush straight to the NHL. Uh, you had another guy, too, who came in and played the majority of the year this year. Who was that? Andrew Peak. Peak, yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah, I love was too. fine. He played a lot of minutes because everyone on the blue line was dead at, at one point or another in the season. I don't know. I don't necessarily know that he's part of the future, like long term, but he, he was a good gap filler this season. Yeah. Uh, so here, I guess here's how I would say that thinking about that roster and the way that it is, um, I like I like Korchinski, but because he is more lean offensive, because he is a little more risky, I, you could mold him to be more two ways in the same way that like, would you call Zach Wierenski a two way defenseman or would you call him offensive lean? I would call him offensive. He so got a chance to kind of be a little bit more defensive this season, but that's because he kind of had to be because no one else on the team was playing defense. But well, I think I think that's kind of how you might end up describing Kevin Korczynski in the long run is very like he's offensive leaning. He can be two ways and you can rely on him there, but he's certainly not going to be the defensive defensive guy on the pair. Um, I really wouldn't rely on him to do that. So I would say if Columbus um, drafts him, I think then you just reevaluate your your defenseman when he gets to the point because the job that he might have might be there for someone else. Like someone else might be doing it and he's going to replace them. So they trade a guy out so that he can come in kind of thing. Like, I don't think that there's a need. I don't think you're drafting him because it's a need, but I do think that Korchinski plays a style that is that's suited for Columbus. Like I think it's, you know, I don't know what that means anymore because Columbus has kind of changed their identity a bit and it's in flux. Right. But like, I do feel like it, it could potentially be a fit. Yeah, Columbus's identity at the minute is not necessarily good hockey, but fun hockey. And so I do kind of get <laughs> that vibe from, yes. from Kuczynski. Yeah. Not necessarily like the not good bit, but he is very fun to watch. So yes. I will uh, I will take that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't... Like I said, he's definitely a guy that I've got my eye on for that 12th overall pick. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jackets have paid a lot of attention to him. Obviously, we just mentioned a uh, teammate of his, uh, Canesco, Blue Jackets prospect. So obviously, they're, they're going to be watching the Thunderbirds this season so uh yeah we'll we'll see maybe uh maybe after the draft you'll have to come back on and we'll talk about how what kevin kuczynski is gonna look like as a blue jacket sounds good and that's all i've got for you today uh tomorrow we're going to be bringing you yet another prospect profile uh, and it's another whl defenseman uh, we're going to be talking about denton matechuk with uh, joel henderson again who is again very different from Korchinski and very different from Pickering. So we've got three real defensive options from the WHL. And 
Let's find out which one could be the best fit for the Blue Jackets. That is coming up tomorrow on Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day. Locked on Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed over there, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. And if you have comments, questions, and criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.